Would you like to relax or fall asleep while learning about history? If so, then try my podcast, Calm History. You'll learn all about famous explorers, inventions, civilizations, ancient wonders, and even the Titanic. Just search your podcast player for Calm History or go to calmhistory.com. Hello, welcome to Emotional Badass, where Moxie meets Mindful. I'm your host, Nikki Eisenhower, life coach and psychotherapist. And on today's episode, I'm discussing compatibility, red flags, and bumper car mentality. When it comes to dysfunctional relationships that we've chosen and participated in, these relationships are different than the families that we had absolutely no choice in and were born into or adopted into. Most of us, if we grew up with dysfunction or toxic people, we tend to then go out into the world and find ourselves attracted to what we've known, which is typically chaos, abuse, neglect, energy-draining vampires, immaturity, reactivity, and or we recreate and become some of the chaos, the abuse, the neglect, the energy-draining vampirism. To have a functional relationship as an adult and step into our adult empowerment, we must be willing to acknowledge, face, and ultimately own any of our dysfunctional reactions, our thoughts, our behaviors that we may have learned all along the way. This is a first step in moving away from whatever dysfunction we may have soaked up. It is far too often one-sided in dating culture in America that people are out there searching and looking for someone that is generically their version of healthy and good enough. And that is a much more common sentiment and idea then the healthy idea of, hey, I'm really working on myself so that I can be the greatest partner that I can be for someone else. I want to grow into someone that I would want to date, that I would want to partner with. This is how we attract and change our attraction system to more of what will work for us instead of what we have always known. There's an old saying, if we always do what we've always done, we'll always get what we've always gotten. So to change, we have to really be willing to lean in and change. Now, it's just part of the human condition. It is part of how our human psychology works, that our egos have more comfort pointing outward, wanting outwardly, desiring fixes that are outside of us. This means that our egos attract us to external things with the hope to fix ourselves, to make us all better, or to be the thing that finally makes our lives a-okay. This is a powerless or helpless way to move through the world, and yet it's very popularized. Our power, our self-helpness, if you will, instead of a helplessness, 
Our power is in owning our internal personal development. And this dedication to healing ourselves internally, whatever that means to us, that this ultimate healing heals our people picker. Now, I didn't even know how to think of any of this stuff when I met my first husband at the age of 17 and married him at 22. I had what I'm going to call a bumper car dating mentality. And dating and partnering really should not be so much like bumper cars. But this is very, very common. This idea of I randomly bump into you and we have chemistry, so we should try to make a relationship work, right? And I can hear some of you already asking and wondering, all right, okay, I've gotcha. So if chemistry isn't the thing to lean into when it gets sparked, then what do we lean into? And it's not that chemistry is bad. It's that we tend to lead with chemistry from the absence of healthy dating advice all throughout our lives, plus the influence of our unresolved trauma from childhood that left us with needs, emotional and physical needs, unmet. So we tend to find ourselves attracted to what we know until we know something differently. If what I had at 17 was a familiarity with people incapable or unwilling to reasonably and reciprocally meet me halfway with a growth and personal responsibility mindset, most of us with anxiety and depressive symptoms grown from this abuse or neglect history are operating from our wounding, desperately hoping that partnering with another will fill those voids. Often that insta-fire activated feeling that we label as chemistry, that we label as attraction, that goo-goo-gaga obsession of mind-body flooded with drug-like attraction. When we have unresolved trauma, this is our best idea of what loving is, but these feelings are actually a warning that we interpret as excitement. This is often driven by the inner child. It's not the wise man or the wise woman that we are cultivating. It's as if our inner child's best thinking is, oh my goodness, this is such an exciting feeling. I'm so electrified. Something about him or her is similar to mom or dad. I couldn't get my needs met with either of them. Maybe this human being will repair that for me and I'll finally have what little me has always wanted. This is often when we have childhood trauma and attachment wounds and abandonment issues with our families of origin, what we mindlessly accidentally take as our strategy into the dating world, into our adulthood. And these types of relationships that often start feeling just so drug-like, so electrified, they often blow up in our faces. Why? Well, because our people picker was calibrated to pick people familiar with our family trauma. All things therapy, and as I say that, I realize that is the name of my healer's podcast and show, All Things Therapy with Lisa Ta here. But all things therapy and healing bring us to new knowing so that we can calibrate our people picker, our attraction system to our new knowing instead of to our old dysfunctional programming. 
Healthy chemistry is great and it is available. There is nothing wrong with chemistry at its face. The problem that I am attempting to name and put words to is that we tend to misconstrue and confuse that dysfunctional chemistry for compatibility without ever really giving consideration to what true compatibility is. Most people in this audience would identify as people pleasers and people pleasing grows from our childhood wounding. My people pleasing in my youth was my best thinking, my conscious and subconscious strategy that moved me through life by encouraging me to be human clay, by encouraging me to be human silly putty, attempting to shape myself into what a specific partner might want, at least my idea of what that specific partner might want so that I could secure a human being so that I could secure a person, anyone really, who would take the position and let me wedge them into my abandonment wound trying to fill that space. I have so much compassion for that version of myself. And for those of you who are listening right now who resonate with this, now maybe if I was an extremely passive human being naturally in temperament and in personality, maybe... My real self could have been satisfied if I was someone operating more on the surface level. Maybe this type of relationship, molding myself to somebody else's expectation, maybe that would have been some form of okay. Maybe somewhere else in the matrix of the universe, maybe I'm happily living out that life. But in this life, I am not that. I had to get to know myself and admit that I have a strong personality that I'm opinionated, that I'm particular, that I have goals that come from a deepness inside of me that's hard for me to explain to somebody that doesn't resonate with a similar kind of deep drive, that I feel deeply and I feel spiritually called to a a calling of dedicating my life to helping people sort out this sometimes beautiful and sometimes burdensome gift that we call human life. It's as if all the people-pleasing programming in the world wasn't enough to get me to hold that kind of shape, shaping to what somebody else wanted or expected. And my real, natural, and true shape had to come out and show itself, had to come out one way or the other, pushed out by the seeker's spirit that stood so strongly as my real shape. And I, at a point in both of my failed marriages and in other relationships, some platonic, not just romantic, I couldn't hold that codependent shape or I wouldn't hold that codependent shape. And it's as if after catching that person, I had to shape shift back to me, capital M-E. Then when I came back to my truer shape, as awkward and uncomfortable and resistant as I was to that, then I wasn't what those people in partnership or relationship, platonic or romantic, I wasn't what they wanted. I wasn't what they had signed up with and for. Taking responsibility is our freedom, y'all. And responsibility isn't a light switch that gets flipped. It is a layered process to come into our personal responsibility, 
in layers, I ultimately chose to take full responsibility for my part. No matter how inadequate some of my relationships have been, no matter how toxic from them to me sending toxicity, no matter the level of that, to grow, I had to own what I had done to myself and to all of those from my past that fit this dynamic with me. By being untrue to myself as the people pleaser I was trained and programmed to be, I hurt myself. And I took other people for that ride by being inauthentic, by trying to be someone that I just wasn't, by ignoring my body that screamed at me every day of my life that I was living somebody else's truth and it wasn't working. It was false. It was phony. It was failing me. The hard truth about codependency is that when we are in the thick of it, we are being manipulative. We just think that it's for the greater good, or we think it's the right, loving, people-pleasing thing to do, and we're puzzled when we cannot uphold that shape that was never meant to be ours in the first place. Would you like to relax or fall asleep while learning about pivotal moments in history? If so, then try my new podcast, Calm History. It's a time machine of tranquility filled with immersive and fascinating stories from history. Prior episodes include The Pilgrims, Marco Polo, Henry Ford, Joan of Arc, Jackie Robinson, Klondike Gold Rush, Ancient Greek Olympics, Easter Island, and the Great Pyramid of Giza. There's also a six-part series about the Titanic. Just search your podcast player for Calm History or go to calmhistory.com. Some of us with codependency gold medals, some of us who have gone out of our way to win the codependency Olympics, if you will, We might hold that shape for 20 years or 30 years or 40 years, but if we have a seeker spirit with insight, and if we are experiencing a natural and healthy maturation into ourselves, if we are evolving, if we are shedding what no longer serves us, if we are truly growing, the personality shape will come out, will show itself. If I had to pick the one most important thing to focus on while dating, it would be authentically, not codependently, representing yourself to others. Learning who you are outside of and beyond the people pleaser or the avoidant or the anxiously attached person that hardship, heartache, and struggle created. Getting to know what you want in life. This is your center Learning how to define your center, how to find it, how to be with it and in it, how to stand from your center with stability more and more, penetrating the layers of your experience with truth and loving yourself enough to practice standing tall in and at your center, head held high, listening to your deep intuitive self that whispers. Your deep intuitive self is not going to scream, compete with your anxiety, to get you to hear it. The more that you 
invite yourself to stand in your center in such a way. This is your ever-evolving personhood. This is your ever-evolving self-care and soul care. From this work, we start to honor the journey to figure out compatibility with another because we start to actually live from a place of grounded, centered truth in who we are instead of that programming of who we think we're supposed to be and how we think we're supposed to show up. And we let go of operating from this place of desperation that is willing to just stick any old body into that wound trying to fill it up. When people work with me, I have them sign an agreement And one of those agreements on that document is committing to an understanding that you'll have to dig deeply and share honestly with me. And if you are manipulating the process by hiding from yourself or giving me a version of yourself that isn't real, then I cannot possibly help someone who is not being real with themselves and subsequently with me. Many people date in such a way. In such a moment when we are dating with the fake version of ourselves, the people pleaser, the codependent, the desperation trying to fill the holes from our wounding, in those moments, our vision is so limited. That vision only sees so far as catching someone and it doesn't see further or beyond that because the person operating, the psychological self that is operating is the inner child who is desperate to secure a relationship to catch a fish. And just like we know of actual children, they have little foresight or understanding about the time beyond now. So when we catch someone in such a way, it's as if real life starts to come at us at a certain point. Those life challenges that challenge our morals, our values, our beliefs, our principles, Life is challenging enough to our own personhood. When we are looking to couple with someone, to partner, even to befriend, and life throws us its struggles. If there is only strong friendship chemistry or hot sex chemistry and no to little real life, moral, emotional, financial, aligned compatibility, that is going to be so messy every single time. Chemistry need not pull the compatibility wool over our eyes, not romantically and not in the platonic friendship or business partner realms either. When we let go of people pleasing, we actually start to please ourselves. We start to hear ourselves. We start to open up to being able to really hear and listen. This is how we start to partner with our intuition, how we start to allow it to guide us. We cannot hear our intuition over our anxious people-pleasing. So it makes sense that self-worth work is very similar to anti-anxiety work, which becomes intuition listening work, all equaling self-care, or what I call soul care. Our intuition really does feel, sense, see, and hear the pink and red flags, Listening to your body's alarms without allowing that chemistry to cloud or overshadow or blind is very important. Think about the word chemistry. There is a chemical pull when we feel an attraction towards another human being, an energetic drawing in. 
What might happen if you allowed those intuitive pink and red flag alarm bells to be considered? What if you allowed yourself to shine light right on those things like a flashlight in a dark corner? What if you spoke your intuitions aloud? What if you processed? What if you attended to those intuitions instead of trying to bury them and silence them? Another way for me to say this is chemistry can paint pink and red flags white. We can just paint right on over that pink and red, can't we? Then later, as life is pushing up against us, giving us friction, that paint starts to chip off. And at that point, we start to go, "Uh uh-oh, now I'm in it. I've certainly caught this fish. And now this fish is starting to look very pink and very red. For me, I had to get to a place of ownership that this is what I had done to myself and done it more than once. I've had two marriages that ended in divorce. I've had a business partnership that ended in legal squabble and the end of a friendship. In attempting to reunite with certain people from my past after taking a long no contact break. Our big hearts and our big empathy have such an easy time painting over these flags. Our hope would rather ignore or diminish them and not deal with them and be in denial. Almost everyone who leaves a dysfunctional relationship who has ever worked with me winds up saying some form of this to me through the process of our work together. I ignored the red flags. I really did see them. And if you get really honest with yourself, you might not have known how to interpret it in the moment. Your hope, your big heart, your empathy, your woundedness may have all conspired to pull the wool over our eyes. But if this is the truth and you can admit that to yourself, this indicates that we really do see it. We feel it. We sense these red flags. We just don't want to. This is the truth we can start to offer ourselves so that we can actually deal with this truth. Our wounded inner child so wants to just grip somebody. Compatibility be damned. As we grow, we can learn to tap in this wise woman, this wise man self that we are cultivating that helps us break these old patterns of denial, of dismissal. Isn't it interesting? That one of the biggest triggers for highly sensitive people is not being heard or seen. Psychologically, when you commit to hearing and seeing yourself, this is what cleans out that old wound and helps it heal. We can break these patterns. We do have the wisdom inside of us and we can peel back and get to the deep layers until we have what we need to be true to ourselves to take better care of ourselves, and to address what needs addressing, no longer sweeping what's important to the development of our lives under the rug. The next Patreon episode is going to be me outlining some red flags for highly sensitive people in relationship and in recovery. That's going to be our November exclusive Patreon episode available at the $5 level. And if you've never checked out Patreon, now is a great time. We are getting really close to having 60 exclusive 
emotional badass episodes available for you at patreon.com backslash emotional badass. If you'd like to join and participate in the live stream Q&A that I do once a month, the next topic is triggers. We pay 10% of our Patreon forward. And another thing that we do for you, because we cannot do this show alone, y'all are really our team. And I so appreciate the support that y'all are really giving me to put this show out all over the world and to support my team, because I can't do it alone. And I know you can't do it alone either. Thank you so much for all of your support. We give you a shout out. I want to give these people a shout out. Thank you so much. You are our backbone. We appreciate you so much. And I am so proud of you. What you share there, how you grow, the deep questions that you ask, they don't just help you. They help somebody else who didn't know to ask that question or how to ask it. So I want to thank Carrie. I want to thank Zillions. So as you can see, you don't have to give your real name if you don't want to. I want to thank Gwyneth, Aubrey, hi, Obs. I want to thank Sarah, Greg, Christy, Kyla, Amber, Lori, Amanda, Janelle, Rachel, Dawn, Maggie, Amanda, and Kelly. So much of this work is about allowing yourself to marinate in these concepts so that you can rewire. One of the most powerful things to come out of the boundaries course this year, because my students are my greatest teachers, is the power of not trying too hard. And if that sounds backwards to you, then you're probably exactly the person that needs to hear this today. Your healing does not come faster because you stress yourself out and you try to beat all of this knowledge into your head. It will just stay as head knowledge. It's about opening up to being immersed in this material and giving yourself a chance to soak it up instead of beating your head against the wall or chewing and chewing and chewing and chewing until you have a headache. If you've ever said a simple word over and over and over again till it felt like it lost meaning, till your mouth almost couldn't say the word, it's kind of what some of you do with healing. You try to turn it over and over and over and over in your head until it's so confusing it's lost its meaning. This is why some of our psychology, it's not always logical because logic would say study hard until you learn it. But with emotional learning, it's a little bit different because we're working to get the change into our subconscious. And that's what I'm speaking to when I share something like this. I am highly aware of the difference between our conscious mind and our subconscious mind. And some of you, you just got to ease up and be gentle with yourselves, still diligent to put yourself around this material, opening up to just more and more wisdom and shedding what no longer serves you. You deserve more peace. You deserve more ease, even as you heal. Some of us have way too much experience in programming with things being hard If I do anything for you, I hope that I help you allow your learning of these deep, deep things to be just as easy as it possibly can be. In my book, you deserve ease just as much as you deserve peace. Light and love. Again, if you're interested in joining me at patreon.com backslash emotional badass, come check it out. If you're interested in sharing the show, you can always share the show at emotionalbadass.com. All of our public episodes are there. I'm an emotional badass, you are an emotional badass, and together we are where Moxie meets Mindful. 
light and love, and I will see you in the Patreon, and I'll see you right here next time. Bye-bye. Would you like to relax or fall asleep while learning about history? If so, then try my podcast, Calm History. You'll learn all about famous explorers, inventions, civilizations, ancient wonders, and even the Titanic. Just search your podcast player for Calm History or go to Calm History dot com.